join me. Welcome to episode 55 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. Now, this is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you are a returning listener, first of all, I'd like to say welcome back. And if you're not, well, then I'd just like to say welcome to the show. And I am your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow? Reach out to me there, especially over on Twitter, where I'd love to interact with you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, topics, uh, or anything else for the show, I would love for you to send me either a DM or tweet at me. That's at Sir DRJM, and I would be happy to bring it to the show. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. And of course, I would also be silly not to once again shout out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, who were kind enough to have me on their show last week, where we recapped the grand finals. And of course, I did uh, save me some time on my show on One Man Watchpoints episode 54, where I didn't go into the uh, finals too in-depth, but I did talk about everything that went on and any other news stories, um, just to make things a little more different from what we talked about on Ready, Set, Pwn. But, as I mentioned, go check them out as well, because they are a great podcast, and if you stay tuned till the end of this episode, then you might just get a little sneak peek into some exciting news relating to Ready, Set, Pwn. That said, for today's show, we actually don't have a ton of news to cover, so we'll see. It might end up being a little bit of a shorter episode. However, we do have a ton of moves in the Overwatch League to talk about. So, without further ado, let's dive on in. I'm just getting warmed up. So, if you are a keen observer of the Overwatch League or an avid listener of One Man Watchpoint and you caught episode 54, then you would know that uh, last week we took a look at the Overwatch League 2021 offseason trade tracker by Liz Richardson over on Dot Esports, which of course is uh, or has become an annual thing that Liz does. And uh, she posted hers last week on September 29th. And at the time, we didn't have a ton of uh, moves that had happened just yet. So I believe we covered three three primary announcements kind of thing. Um, a couple of different teams. So September 1st, Florida Mayhem released assistant coaches Docs and Insight. September 9th, Houston Outlaws DPS KSF announced his retirement. And on September 27th, Paris Eternal confirms general manager of Vala will be returning for the 2022 season. So there just wasn't a ton that had happened yet. However, after September 27th, boy, oh boy, did the Overwatch League decide to kick it into overdrive. Uh, we have heard from a number of teams at this point. Actually, if you give me a quick second here, let me double check which teams we've not heard from. Okay, I just did a quick check, and by my count, we've not heard from a whopping five teams. So that is not to say we know the full roster or every player that's, you know, announced free agency and stuff like that. Um, but we've heard at least one update uh, regarding their players or coaching staff from every team except for five. Now, those five, by my count, or and primarily using Liz's trade tracker, would be the London Spitfire, the Los Angeles Valiant, the New York Excelsior, the Seoul Dynasty, and, of course, the Vancouver Titans. Now, the Titans are the one that there's some heavy rumors about, I believe, or at least there's the one out of those that I'm aware of heavy rumors. 
Um, there's maybe another team we could probably infer some details about, but I digress. Maybe we'll talk about those towards the end here. So without further ado, let's continue on with Liz's trade tracker here, starting with September 30th, which picks up uh, shortly after the 27th, where we last had an update on last week's episode. So September 30th, Philadelphia Fusion main tank mono leaves professional overwatch to complete military service. Fusion main support Funny Astro announces free agency. Houston Outlaws co-head coach Harsha Bandai announces retirement. Outlaws main support Juby and Jongu announce free agency. And Fusion releases assistant coach Moby Dick. So uh, lots of stuff coming from Fusion there. Obviously, we had Mono uh, leaving professional play. We had Funny Astro announcing free agency. And then, of course, we have uh, Moby Dick being released. So a little bit, a little bit interesting there. I mean, Mono is one of the OGs, one of the greats. Um, he certainly leaves behind a bit of a legacy in the league. Um, all of that said as well, I mean, not incredibly shocking to see that if you know, uh, you know, the Korean history of a lot of these players. And if you knew that he had not completed his military service, then maybe you could have guessed that was coming. That said, uh, Funny Astro announcing free agency. Not necessarily too much to say there. Um, if I double check, they link out to Funny Astro's tweet here. Um, and something that I think we're seeing a lot of this season is players tweeting something out saying, you know, uh, my contract expires, I'm becoming a free agent, but this doesn't mean I'm leaving wherever I am. So in Funny Astro's case, he does say, this doesn't mean I'm leaving Fusion for sure, but I'd like to look at all my options and hear offers from other OWL teams. So it's it's interesting that we see that because obviously they are saying, look, I don't need to leave this team. You know, in some cases, this team is very good, or in some cases, these players do definitely think they, they may not be picked up and go somewhere else, especially potentially for what they're asking. However, someone I think in Funny Astro's uh, position, or in a lot of ways, Moby Dick's position as well, although he was released from the team, clearly. Um, someone in Funny Astro's position, I think, has some... Uh, probably a little bit of leeway he's he's got some good experience behind him obviously and also they've had some good success with philadelphia although obviously philadelphia has struggled to perform um at this point i think they have a bit of a reputation of choking uh when it comes down to the line however this past season obviously there were some extenuating circumstances when it came to uh to the philadelphia fusion in particular so Anyways, that's that's a little bit on Philly. Now, the other team that was heavily mentioned there was the Houston Outlaws, of course. Um, so first, I'll touch on the players. They mentioned there that main support Juby and main tank Jangu announced free agency. Juby, not incredibly surprising, although he, I think, I think he he did step up on the team and I think he made an impact. He was people were probably pleasantly surprised with Juby. Um, coming up from the collegiate scene rather than contenders, where we see a lot of other players coming from. Um, I think his a little bit more expected because he is so new to the league. He wasn't sort of a standout, even if he was a contributing member of the team. He wasn't necessarily, you know, getting any Rookie of the Year awards. So I think it, it works for the team and probably for him to put his name out there, you know, show that he has some experience and maybe get picked up by uh, by another team that is going to try and build something new this coming season. Um, really hard to say what that looks like, really, because we only have a handful of teams that have, 
you know, kind of announced the nuking of the roster, but we'll get there. Um, so not too surprising about Juby. Jangu is maybe a little more surprising, um, just because I really, really did think, especially at the beginning of the season, um, that uh, Jangu and Piggy together on the Houston Outlaws was something else. Um, you know, I, I really was impressed with them. Uh, I mean, I think everyone at the start was very impressed with Houston and really thought they were going to start destroying people. Um, and, and I think Jangu and Piggy on the tank line was really a part of that impression they left after the first sort of, uh, first, um, what would it have been? The May Melee, I guess, pr prior to the actual May Melee tournament, but all of the play before that, when it looked like they were going to qualify for the actual tournament, um, I personally thought the tank line in Houston was one of the best parts of them. Um, you know, Jango and Piggy, the synergy they had working together, they really seemed like sort of a package deal that I would have thought the Outlaws would want to hang on to. Now, obviously, this may be indicative of some other things going on with the team, with Houston, um, and maybe we'll even see a little bit more about them in the coming days. Now, uh, over on the other side of things, Houston Outlaws co-head coach Harsha Bandai announces retirement. That one, in my mind, um, I don't know. I don't know a ton of how to feel about it. Um, I did re read Harsha's announcement and everything. Harsha, of course, uh, you know, hits a little close to home when it comes to uh, Harsha because he, of course, was the coach of the successful Vancouver Titans team um, before moving to Houston. And I, I think in Houston, he was really hoping that he'd be able to make more of an impact and, and have a lot more say with the team. And although I'm sure that likely was the case. I think it was a very different atmosphere and very different uh, organization than the Vancouver Titans were running. Um, I think he was probably hoping for a lot more success and potentially had he seen a lot more of that success with the Houston Outlaws, maybe he would be more willing to stay. But one of the things he talks about in his announcement, retire, his announcement of his retirement is a lot of the burnout and a lot of how much he was putting into this. And the fact that he's actually got something else kind of in the cooker, if you will, in the oven cooking, um, ready, well, not necessarily ready, but he may announce something soon, uh, that uh, a, another venture outside of the Overwatch League kind of thing. So I'm sure he's got options and things like that. I'm sure he's a little bit burnt out after, you know, leading the Vancouver Titans and then seeing what happened there and then obviously moving to the Houston Outlaws. So Anyways, we wish all these players the best, but of course, a special shout out to Harsha for his connection with our Vancouver Titans. Now, let's move on. That ends off September, and we then move into the first day of October, which was, of course, last Friday, October 1st. And boy, oh boy, did we start things off with a banger. Also, sorry for all the mouth noises in this recording. My, uh, I don't know what it is. My mouth is really dry and such. I've got water here, but... It's just making me all stuffed up. I'm, I'm all stuffed up. You know, Alberta's very dry. Anyways, I digress. October 1st, Toronto Defiant releases support, Onsoon J, Lastro, Aztec, Tanks, Michelle, Sato, DPS, Neist, Aspire, Logics, Assistant Coach, Hochi Lee. That's right. You heard all of that correct. That was just about their entire team. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a sec. Moving on for October 1st, Paris Eternal release Head Coach Getamaze, DPS Suna, Oni God, and Off Tank Vestola. 
Philadelphia Fusion off-tank Poco announces free agency. Dallas Fuel releases main support Jexay and Hitscan Pine flex support Repel. San Francisco Shock flex support Twilight announces free agency. Houston Outlaws flex support Crimzo announces free agency. So that's everything for October 1st. So obviously the big story from Friday, October 1st was of course the Toronto, Toronto Defiant nuking their entire roster with the exception of one standout, and that is, of course, Hisu. Um, long story short, uh, this was a bit of a shock, especially so early on in the uh, in the off season. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of teams kind of seem to be holding out a little bit longer. Uh, obviously, as noted, you know, Philadelphia and Houston were were announcing things, but a lot of them were just free agency announcements, not necessarily you know, uh, blowing up of their roster. So Toronto definitely jumped right on in there, you know, head first and, uh, and dropped the bomb kind of thing. Um, as a Toronto fan, I had talked actually on an episode of Ready, Set, Pwn, not this past week, but a couple weeks prior to that, uh, where I kind of speculated as to what Toronto might do. And I really did think they would keep kind of the core of the uh, Toronto Defiant from this past year, which of course was the Philadelphia Fusion of the year before that. In They brought over coach KDG, um, and along with him came Sato and Hisu, and I believe somebody else who I'm forgetting, Lastro maybe? I could be crazy about that. No, Lastro came over from the Valiant. Could be... Michelle, maybe? I don't know. I'm losing it right now. Um, anyways, I digress. Uh, I really kind of thought they would build around that core and then maybe work with some of the DPS players that they had, like uh, I already mentioned Hisu, but maybe hang on to Nice, maybe hang on to Aspire. However, I did also speculate that Aspire might be a good sort of a trading card that they could get some decent return with. Now, obviously, they have proven me wrong, and they've decided that they're not going to keep any of those players with the exception of Hisu. Um, KDG, I don't believe they've touched on yet, so I suspect he's safe, but I also, I, I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, so anyways, very shocking to see this happening, especially because I think they had some ideas going with this sort of mixed roster, but not really mixed roster. Um, anyways... Just overall stunned by this, um, and and I don't know what else to say, really. I wouldn't have thought Toronto was necessarily in the position where they felt they had to get rid of their whole roster. You know, I, I, I'm aware that uh, they finished middle of the pack, maybe just below the middle kind of thing, but it did seem like they had some good building blocks now. There's obviously going to be new talent coming in. We are obviously switching to Overwatch 2. We are obviously moving to... Um, to 5v5 so that does certainly change things in a lot of ways and and ultimately um you know it's going to be a different game so glad to see that they're going to keep hisu around keep keep someone around i'm i'm very excited to see what they end up doing uh there was actually some some rather large speculation about some other players that we'll talk about shortly here coming to toronto and, and Toronto building uh, an impressive team that I personally would be quite the fan of. But uh, maybe we'll get there. I digress. Moving on from there. Uh, Paris Eternal, of course, releasing Getamazed, Tsuna, Onigod, and Vestola. Interesting stuff there because I don't think Getamazed in many people's minds would have been on the chopping block. Kind of seems like 
Um, Paris Eternal had a banger season compared to where everyone would have thought they would end up. So I was certainly a little bit surprised to see that. Um, ultimately, Avala, I think, in a lot of ways, kind of came out looking like the hero going into uh, into this season. And by all means, I think she's a little bit more of the public-facing side of the team. So maybe not surprising that they kept her over Get Amazed. Maybe they have something else cooking and they'll bring someone else in. The... The others there, you know, I think uh, Suna, when he had to come in, definitely a, a, a pretty rock-solid kind of uh, DPS specialist, but it's hard to say how much those specialists will remain uh, going into the next season with Overwatch 2, with 5v5 and everything I already talked about. Oni God, um, you know, again, I, I have nothing negative to say about these Paris players. Um, all of them, I think, performed admirably and helped Paris in pretty significant ways. I think they were a very balanced team in terms of who was doing the heavy lifting. Sure, there were standout performances and people who popped off and everything, but I digress. I think Get Amazed is kind of the most surprising out of the Paris Eternal. Philadelphia, Poco announcing free agency. Not super surprising. Poco obviously didn't actually make it to Korea to play with the team at all this season. Uh, stuck in visa hell, as they say. So unfortunate there. And ultimately, hopefully, he can find something somewhere else. Dallas Fuel releasing Jexy, Pine, Jexa, sorry, Pine and Repel. Um, I actually didn't even realize that Repel was on the team, I'll be honest. I don't know if he had any playtime this past season, and if he did, I think it was short. Um, but I, I just completely missed that somehow. Pine, obviously an unfortunate case because he was brought in uh, sort of last minute as the replacement for Exy once Exy announced that um, he wasn't going to be playing with the team due to health reasons. And then Pine obviously was announced. It was kind of a big deal given that Pine was returning to the league. And uh, then he never made it to the play with the team. So unfortunately, we never got to see him even once. Uh, Jexa, Jexa, Jexy. I, I always screw this up. Uh, probably the most surprising, given I, I think him and Fielder uh, on the Dallas Fuel backline were, were pretty significant parts of the Dallas Fuel. Um, but obviously, Dallas sees something in some of the players and uh, doesn't necessarily see that in others. So we'll talk a little bit more about Dallas in a bit. San Francisco Shock Flex Support Twilight announces free agency. This is another one where certainly my, my mouth kind of dropped when I saw it but another one where it was very much like this doesn't mean that I'm leaving the San Francisco shock it just means they're giving me the opportunity to explore my options kind of thing um, and ultimately I do feel like you love to see that you know that is that is best case scenario you hope that a team and an org will allow a player uh, to to you know uh, explore their options not not necessarily be locked in and not wither on the vine either and it's unfortunate because I do think Twilight was kind of a part of the B-line in uh, the San Francisco Shock this past season, whereas I think he's definitely, you know, an A-team player kind of thing, um, as noted by his play with the Vancouver Titans. And, and honestly, when he did play on the San Francisco Shock, I certainly think he's he's a huge uh, contributor. Um, I don't think, I don't have anything negative to say about Twilight, and I was really hoping my boy Twilight would, would come home with a championship this past season, but... Regardless, exciting to see that he may move somewhere else, and uh, who knows, maybe I'll become a fan of wherever he winds up this next season. Moving on from there, the Houston Outlaws with that announcement of Crimzo announcing free agency. Um, this one, I'm actually not sure. I'm just going to double check. kind of seems like most of these players are 
yeah, most of these players are using kind of a copy-paste type deal with that. Uh, it doesn't mean I won't be returning, but I'm open to other possibilities kind of thing. So good for Crimzo. I think Crimzo is uh, is a pretty valuable flex support and uh, can make an impact on any team, especially with the the veteran presence that he brings and the um, his outgoing personality, if you will. Moving on from there, let's go to October 2nd, where Florida Mayhem releases main tank OG, off tank Gargoyle, main support Slime, flex support Gangnam Jin, and DPS BQB, and Checkmate. October 2nd, very much echoes of October 1st with the Toronto Defiant. Moving on from there, Los Angeles Gladiators release main tank Muse and flex DPS Mirror. Washington Justice release DPS Tuba and main support Closer, as well as personal coach Hokery. Uh, Closer will retire to do his military service. Chengdu Hunters main tank Amang enters free agency. Boston Uprising DPS Color Hex enters free agency. Dallas Fuel assistant coach Yong leaves to complete his military duty. Atlanta Rain main support Masa announces his free agency. So in here, obviously, as I mentioned, Florida Mayhem pulling a Toronto Defiant only one day after them and releasing almost their entire roster, the only remaining member being Yaki. So definitely, Florida had such a tragic season, um, and especially as a Florida stand, I was shocked to see what wound up happening with them. It was really, really too bad to see their downfall after they performed so well in the first uh, tournament cycle. Granted, I think uh, the large part of the speculation is that they had uh, a largely easier uh, beginning to the season and uh, things were only uphill from there. And unfortunately, they just continued to slide down and down and down the hill. Um, ultimately, I hope that these players, at least some of them, land somewhere. I, I don't look at any of these players and say they are lesser than kind of thing. Um, you know, OG's definitely top tier main tank. Uh, obviously, we saw him struggle somewhat with his mental this past season, but hopefully, uh, hopefully he's been able to pull himself out of that, and he did return to play, so that's good for him. Um, Gargoyle's Gargoyle and Checkmate are the two that you know I don't have a ton to say. Gargoyle, I felt like uh, was there and didn't. Didn't detract from the team, but didn't make a huge impact. Whereas Checkmate, I think, was new to the league, if I recall, um, and and a rookie for sure. Whereas you know Slime, Gangnam Jin, and BQB, uh, I think, will all be missed, and I am very hopeful they'll all find places. Uh, I think not in this most recent season, but the season prior, BQB and Yaki both kind of carried a lot of the team on their backs. They uh, they both would have standout pop off performances, and that would really see them shine. And I think. In, in this past season, Yaki definitely tried. Well, I mean, everyone tried, but I think BQB was a little lesser than um, where he was, where Yaki, I think, continued his stellar performance. Um, so, unfortunately, this is what we see happens in that case. Now, Slime, also being released, is, in my mind, impressive, because that means there's a world where Slime and Twilight wind up on the same team again. And we can only hope for that. I'm crossing my fingers. Next up, uh, Los Angeles letting go of Muse and Mirror. A little bit surprising, a little bit not surprising. Um, Los Angeles, I think it's interesting to see that this is kind of how they're going about it. I do wonder if these kind of announcements mean that, oh, we only announced two players leaving. So that means uh, the rest of our team is going to be staying with us. It's hard to say, obviously, if that's the truth. It's also hard to say... Um, you know, if maybe they're just holding their cards close to their chest kind of thing. But ultimately, 
Gladiators didn't live up to the standards that uh, that everyone was hoping for this past season, and unfortunately didn't make it even to that final matchup. Washington Justice. I have little to say about the Washington Justice. We all know Washington is not one of my favorite teams, and uh, <laughs> I was not super impressed to see them pull the same thing they pulled last year, where they suddenly you know put their belt on right before playoffs and make it in. Um, but ultimately, they didn't get far and, you know, wound up being one of those gatekeeper teams, kind of along with Toronto. So Toronto goes for the almost complete rebuild. Washington, let's go with a few players. We'll see what ends up happening with the rest of the Washington team. Umming entering free agency again, uh, as well as Color Hex. Um, you know, not incredibly surprising to see some of these more veteran presences entering free agency. Uh, teams, I think, in a lot of ways want to bring in new talent or, or um, you know, shift over talent that hasn't been around for that long. That said, you know, a veteran presence like both of these players uh, could certainly make an impact on another team. So, And then, of course, Dallas Fuel assistant coach Young, uh, military service, not a ton to say there. Atlanta Rain main support Massa, a little bit inter- more interesting given how Atlanta did perform this season. Um, I do suspect this is very much, uh, well, I mean, Again, his announcement is another one of the, uh, you know, they're letting me explore this option. Doesn't mean I'm leaving Atlanta Rain, blah, blah, blah. Um, I like that they let the, I just, in general, it doesn't matter the team. I like that they let their players explore the possibilities kind of thing. Because Massa, after the performance that Atlanta had this past season, uh, probably has some good bargaining power. So there you have it. We then move to October 3rd. Shanghai Dragons release DPS Develop. Guangzhou Charge parts ways with main tank Jihoon, DPS Mike Haley, main support Mandu, and flex support Kariv. Hangzhou Spark parts ways with DPS Somensu, flex support Coldest, and main support Mika. Oh, and Park, uh, sorry, and IDK. Assistant coach U4 was also released. San Francisco Shock main tank Smurf announces his free agency. Houston Outlaws main tank Dreamer announces his free agency. So that one is a bit of a day. This one obviously uh, starts off a little more slanted to the eastern region with Guang with sorry with Shanghai Dragons releasing Develop. Uh, Develop was a rookie on Shanghai, um, you know. And given Shanghai's stellar performance, and I don't think we saw Develop played very much at all. Not incredibly surprising. They obviously have a huge core and a ton of talent to work with. Um, probably just a little bit of you know cutting carbs if you will going into 5v5 you need one less player signed at you know at the deadline and everything um as well as the roster uh roster sizes just don't need to be as big if if you're only playing five players at a time on any given any uh, literally at any time because that's what the game is you know going into overwatch 2 so after that the guangzhou charge uh announcing quite a number of players jihoon michaeli uh mando mandu sorry mando not uh, not the Mandalorian, Mandu, and Flex Support Kareev uh, all being released. So obviously Guangzhou, I think, underperformed this past season. I think there were a lot of high hopes for them. Um, honestly, along with the Hangzhou Spark, which we'll talk about next. Um, and ultimately, they just couldn't compete and uh, wound up falling outside of uh, the playoffs quite often. Um, Kareev is the one that I have a bit of a soft spot for, obviously, coming from Toronto in the in the season prior to this one. Um, so I'm hopeful that we'll see Kareev stick around. I do think his Zen is stellar and, uh, I look forward to seeing him kick more, butt uh, in future games. 
And that takes us to the Hangzhou Spark, who, of course, part ways with DPS Somensu, support Coldest, main support Mika, IDK, and Coach U4 leaves uh, is released. So again, another team out in the East that I think underperformed largely this past season. I think they had some high, high expectations, especially given... Uh, who was it that went over there? Someone went over there from the San Francisco Shock, and I can't for the life of me remember who it was, but it was a big hit to San Francisco, seemingly a big hit to San Francisco, and uh, I think there were just a lot of expectations around that uh, around that player. Who the heck was it, and why can't I remember who it was? Uh, starts with an S, maybe? 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 Am I crazy? Architect, it was Architect. Uh, there, there we go. That was, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Uh, architect, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Architect led, left uh, partway through last season and then was signed by the Hangzhou Spark. I could be totally off base on that. Maybe it was during the offseason. But I digress. I think there were some high, high expectations for the Hangzhou Spark, um, especially given their roster size. They have two, four, six, eight, ten. 11 players and so realistically one of the teams with a bigger roster now obviously parting ways with with four players here brings them down more in line with uh what a lot of the other teams have so could potentially be again just trimming some of the fat bringing the roster size down and going into the next season but again uh who knows could also be a sign of a bit of a re rebuild or just a sign of things to come. Now, if you're keeping track of former Vancouver Titans who used to play together, this now means that Twilight, uh, Slime, and Somensu are suddenly all free. And on top of that, that is half of a current team. That is more than half of a 5v5 team. I'm just throwing it out there, but somebody could bring the gang back together. All right, all right, all right. And you know what? Maybe you need a main tank to come in there. Hey, maybe you get Smurf from the San Francisco Shock who announced his free agency. Hmm? Hmm? That sounds like it could be fun. I digress. We've also, of course, there got uh, main tank from the Houston Outlaws, Dreamer, uh, announcing free agency. Another one seems to me like Houston is kind of, uh, rather than going for the rebuild themselves, they seem to mostly just be you know, letting their players announce their free agency, seeing what happens kind of thing, um, and letting it float around, letting it marinate, if you will. Moving on from there, we come to October 4th, which actually, as of recording, was today. Um, that's right, I'm going to start, I think, recording on Mondays. I used to record on Tuesdays. I will still probably post on Wednesdays, but I digress. October 4th, Paris Eternal confirms that DPS Naga, Main Tank Dawn, Flex Support Khan, and Main Support Dredro will return in 2022. JMac will step into the head coach role. Los Angeles Gladiators part ways with assistant coach Ty Dalla. San Francisco Shock DPS Ons announces his free agency. Philadelphia Fusion DPS EQO announces his free agency. So a little bit slower after the weekend came to a close, um, but Paris obviously making the big announcements. Uh, at this point, I think it seems like Paris has um, made probably the most announcements of any team. But uh, yeah, Paris bringing back their sort of core and sounds like they uh, hopefully have come to some decent terms with those players to to try and build something out of it. DPS Naga, Main Tank Dawn, Flex Support Khan, and Main Support Dredro. So they've got a lot of good and important pieces to their team, and also some really uh, 
really impactful players, some of the players that had a, 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 I guess, a good impact on the Paris Eternal this past season. Los Angeles Gladiators, parting ways with assistant coach Ty Dalla. Um, I don't have too, too much to say with that. Gladiators seemingly making some changes, you know, after a bit of a crushing season. Um, it, it's almost worse when a team has some really high expectations and then doesn't quite meet those uh, because it just kind of becomes, well, how can we be better than we were when we were so good kind of thing. So I do feel bad for the Gladiators. The San Francisco Shocks, DPS Ons announcing free agency again. Uh, Shock and Houston both, I think, taking somewhat of the same approach. Uh, Philly, Philly kind of following with EQO there um, and some other players we already talked about, obviously. Um, but kind of that same approach of letting players test free agency to see where they might land kind of thing. Um, and again, you know, why not? Ultimately, if a player is happy and an org is happy, they will resign them. And if a player wants to see what else is on the horizon and and an org isn't absolutely set on them, then why wouldn't they let them explore that, right? If they are set on them, they would offer them what the player wants. And if that player can't find something somewhere else, well, guess what? The org now has a little bit more of an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to actually pay you a little bit less or something to that extent. Um, so there you have it. Now that brings us to the end of the trade tracker. However, we do also have the list of free agents here. So obviously a lot of players I just read through announced as free agents. So I'm not going to go through all of these. Um, in fact, every single one I just talked about was announced in that uh, list above, but it is quite the list. There's a number of players here. So looking at everything as sort of a whole, uh, we've probably got the most uh, free agents coming from obviously the Toronto Defiant and the Florida Mayhem overall. Um, but, you know, uh, Philly, Houston, not far behind if if they're not tied with them kind of thing. Um, so yeah, just a lot of movement overall and, and a ton going on right now. We really, truly don't know, I guess, what the future holds for the Overwatch League with the... Um, um, with the move to 5v5, with the switch to the, uh, sorry, Overwatch 2, forgot what I was meant to say there. Um, so really, there's there's just a ton of unknown here that makes it kind of hard to predict what teams are going to do. Um, I look forward to hearing more from the teams we haven't heard from, obviously. <gasps> All right, so I could easily cut that out of the recording, but I'm actually going to leave it in there because that was kind of humorous and, and a little bit of a, a little bit of a hiccup on my end. I just had a uh, a beaded bracelet that I like to wear uh, break on me, and that noise that you heard was the beads rolling across my desk and the floor and everything. So, anyways, I digress. I'm going to leave that in there. But let me pause this, go back, figure out what the heck I was about to say, and then come back here. So just give me give me one sec. Okay, so I was just saying that it'll be exciting to hear from the teams we haven't heard from yet, uh, which do include the likes of, I know I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, London Spitfire, Los Angeles Valiant, New York Excelsior, Seoul Dynasty, and Vancouver Titans. Um, all teams that overall, uh, <laughs> for the most part, actually, the majority of those teams did not do well at all. Uh, Vancouver Titans, well, Los Angeles Valiant, London Spitfire, Vancouver Titans, of course, bottom of the league. 
New York Excelsior uh, had some surprising results and some decent results. And then Seoul Dynasty actually having a pretty good season, um, but ultimately just never quite bringing it together. So interesting that we haven't heard from necessarily the three bottom teams. However, I do follow the Vancouver Twi Twitans, the Vancouver Twitans, the Vancouver Titans quite closely. And I know their uh, social media has been teasing something coming up. And I also happen to know that uh, Halo at Halo of Thoughts on Twitter, um, Aaron, I believe is his name, kind of an industry insider when it, or an industry leaker type deal um slash reporter uh sorry on the overwatch league side i know he has hinted at the fact that it seems like uh, vancouver might have an announcement or two coming up soon especially with regards to chang sick um who i believe they're just going to be announcing they'll be releasing but i also saw hints at the fact uh that they may be blowing up their whole roster which wouldn't be incredibly surprising um, given obviously how this past season went, but also how, uh, how the Vancouver Titans seem to operate. Uh, that said, the other teams will be a little bit more interesting to hear from probably Los Angeles Valiant. I don't think anyone expects that roster to stay together. Um, given the piecemeal way all of the, everything went down with the Los Angeles Valiant over the past season. Um, if you aren't super familiar, the team formerly being in LA being sold to, oops, uh, something of a Chinese ownership group, I believe, and then moving to China, the APAC region, and of course, signing a roster very last minute, seemingly very thrown together with no expectations. Um, I think it's likely that roster gets blown up as well. The London Spitfire, in terms of the bottom three, is potentially the wild card there, where there was a lot of talk by general manager, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head. It's Nukia. Well, it's not Nuki. That's what her Twitter handle is. I know people by their Twitter handle. I think her name is Izzy. Anyways, um, general manager Nuki going into this past season talked a lot and I think did some interviews with Gigi Recon potentially about bringing up the uh, British Hurricane roster into the London Spitfire organization um, as the London Spitfire, obviously and hoping to sort of build around that core. She also talked a lot about the expectations with that team and how they weren't necessarily expecting to be absolute top performers right off the bat. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the London Spitfire. Given that they didn't have... Honestly, they had very poor success this, this past season, or they had not a lot of success this past season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much they really truly stick with that um that plan you know do does the organization look at the the lack of success they had and say look uh you may have been steadily getting better but you didn't steadily get more wins because i do think in my mind that's that was kind of the case with the london spitfire where they started off seemingly very thrown together and not really able to compete at an at an Overwatch League level. Um, I do think there was steady improvement with them for the most part. They, they did seem to see some improvement throughout the course of the season. Um, but all of that said, their record remains with one win the entire season and 16 losses. So it'll 16 losses, I guess that would be 15 losses uh, with a total of 16 games is what I was thinking. So it'll be really interesting to see how much London sticks around this next season um, and, and what they decide to do if they, if they don't really, I do wonder, mm, it, it's really hard to say, um, 
I just, I don't follow London that closely. Um, but I know that they had talked about that in the past. So we'll see what happens with them. When it comes to the New York Excelsior, there were a lot of expectations around them. I think there was a lot of scrimbucks going into this past season. And uh, most people, I don't think New York really cashed in on those scrimbucks. I think there were some standout players, uh, Flora and I believe Flower as well. We're both pretty decent with the New York Excelsior, um, but potentially maybe looking to move. Maybe would New York be looking to build around one of them? Uh, I think I saw some rumors around that, but uh, that's about as much as I know when it comes to the New York Excelsior. Now, moving over to the Seoul Dynasty. Um, Seoul actually, I think, was a little bit of a victim of the... Um, of the schedule that they had this past season. They came up against Shanghai a lot. They came up against Chengdu a lot, who obviously were the two two sort of top teams in the East. Um, and ultimately, I think they had a bit of a hard time with that. Although I think Seoul actually performed pretty well. They had a pretty good record this past season. I'm just going to pull up the standings here. Yeah, so that's what I thought. They actually wound up third overall in the East with a record of 12 wins and four losses, which is actually one more win than the Chengdu Hunters had. It's just Seoul didn't make as many appearances in uh, in the tournaments, which is why they didn't have as many points, which is why they seeded lower in the in the playoffs. Actually, no, they didn't make it into playoffs. Philly aped them there. So anyways, I digress. Um, Seoul will be another interesting one because there's a lot of talent on the Seoul dynasty currently. Uh, you've got Sabiolbi on DPS and Profit, two, two pretty cracked DPS players, um, Sabiolbi being an OG and Profit having been around for a long time as well. Uh, you know, some pretty, a, a pretty cracked tank lineup gesture marvel to you um i think to you probably got the short end of the stick there but gesture and marvel for sure a pretty decent tank line um animo over on support creative on support i would suspect that that's probably where they were maybe lacking the most and then fits also on dps there um but ultimately it'll be interesting to see what happens with of course all of these teams um no one at this point no one is safe no one is untouchable um and, and certainly, we've got some really exciting announcements coming up. I mean, when I look at some of these teams like the the San Francisco Shock, what happens to all of their team that hasn't announced free agency, hasn't announced, you know, being brought back, hasn't announced retiring or being released or military duty or anything like that, you know? Um, it, it remains to be seen, obviously. We know a couple of my favorites, obviously. We know the Florida Mayhem. We know the Toronto Defiant. We know what's going on with those two. And uh, fans of this show will know that I'm a fan of both of those teams. So uh, that's something at least. But I do look forward to finding out what happens to the San Francisco Shock. What happens to uh, the Vancouver Titans, you know, even having struggled as they have. Um, I, I do look forward to getting some answers around here. Now, all of that said, that is, of course, all I have to discuss this week. That's right. There's, I literally looking at my news feeds and everything. I did not see a single other news story on top of all that. So we just talked about trades and moves this this episode. A um, little bit shorter of an episode, but uh, let's let's take it on out and and say goodbye. Barriers on you. Go. All right. So that brings us to the end of episode 55 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. Now, of course, if you've listened this far, you probably know I'm your host at Sir Dr. JM. That's Sir DRJM. And you can follow me on all socials, especially Twitter, where I'd love for you to interact with me. Uh, questions, co topics, concerns, anything you'd like me to talk about on the show, tweet at me or DM me over there. My DMs are open. 
You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, share it around, all that jazz. Now, at the top of the show, I did mention another podcast, Ready, Set, Pwn. Of course, uh, a friend of the show, Chris Lightforce and Omni, uh, Omni Strife, run that show over there, and they run quite the tight ship. And in fact, I'm going to spill the beans here for all five of my listeners, that they have invited me to be a permanent third chair on Ready, Set, Pwn starting this week, really. Uh, I mean, technically speaking, it started last week when they invited me to be on the Grand Finals episode where we recapped everything, and we talked for almost two hours. So definitely, first of all, go check out their last episode and go check out my last episode. But they've invited me to be a third chair on the show, and I've graciously accepted their offer. Uh, It includes many, many buckets of gold and wishes and uh, uh, all sorts of rainbows and daisies and fun stuff like that. Um, so anyways, I'm going to be adjusting one man watch point just a little bit. I'm not going to be canceling the show because I do love this time with all of my, my, my close friends listening to the show here. Um, and I do want to continue with it because this show does follow a little bit different of a format. Of course, Ready, Set, Pwn is your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. Um, so it is a lot more focused on the two teams, the two Canadian teams, of course, given we are all proud Canadians. Um, so it is kind of nice to have that, that more focused, uh, topics of conversation. Whereas I like this show to be a little bit more general. And of course we cover news from around the entire league, um, as well as the game itself, because in my mind, you know, although we definitely talk about some of that stuff on Ready, Set, Pwn, in my mind, this podcast was always actually meant to simply be an Overwatch podcast, not just an Overwatch league podcast. Now, of course, I, um, there are days where it is entirely focused on the league and probably the majority of episodes are focused on, or, or at least 50%, uh, of what we talk about is the league, um, if not more, given we have entire sections dedicated to recapping games and, you know, tracking trades and moves and everything. But my whole idea behind the show was that we could celebrate the game as a whole and everything it entails. And I think we definitely do that on this show. Um, So anyways, I digress. This is all my rambling way of saying, if you don't feel you're getting your fill of at Sir Dr. JM, at Sir Dr. JM, uh, over on One Man Watchpoint, then you will now have another way. So you will have, you know, two times the podcasts, twice the amount of me in your life if you want to go check out Ready, Set, Pwn um, over on podcast services everywhere. Then definitely do that. Definitely say Sir Dr. JM sent you, and they will uh, keep me around for a little bit longer, hopefully. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to episode 55 of One Man Watchpoint. Uh, an Overwatch podcast. I will catch you next week, but I will, of course, also catch you on Wednesday on episode 55 of One Man Watchpoint and on whatever episode of Ready, Set, Pwn they are on. I'll have to look up the number so I can get a little better at that. But uh, I digress. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.